my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ, so let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family, and if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. And here I am in my home studio, and I could not be more thrilled to be here with you tonight in my home studio in Gulfport, Mississippi. And I'm so glad to be back off of deployment. I got back last week. So uh, it's been nonstop, just as a quick little update about what's been going on. So purchased the uh, fifth wheel. Uh, I go to pick it up tomorrow. So be praying for that. Um, uh, safety on the roads and all that kind of stuff. So a uh, little bit uh, nervous about that. Uh, you know, the first time driving something, you know, and everything like that. But anyways, been back and we've been busy. Um through the magic of um, video production. You don't see everything that I'm seeing right here. It's not bad, uh, but we have uh, boxes. Uh, there's some other things that are over here, uh, clothes that are laid out ready for a yard sale that we're having next weekend, uh, the 19th and the 20th. So if you're in Gulfport, Mississippi, or within 100 miles, stop in. And uh, everything's priced to sell. <laughs> it's priced to go. We are getting rid of uh, everything we possibly can. And so if you're anywhere near the area, um, private message me or hit me up at ltmbiyyahoo.com if you want to know our address. I'm not just going to push that out over the air here. Um, but uh, please check that out. So I'm checking through Facebook. Sister Janet has already uh, logged in and already um commented and everything like that so it's good um, I was having a little bit of difficulty getting the uh, production side of this uh, as far as I couldn't remember how to put uh, notifications and all this kind of kind of stuff so it took a while so I do apologize about that so we're going to kind of wait for a few seconds before we get started tonight to see who all joins with us but it feels so good to be back into the home studio um, have my equipment again. I'm don't, I don't have my on the road equipment. I have everything set up. Everything is like within arm's reach of me, and um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying more than anything being back in around my babies, um, and I can't even put into words how good it is to be back with my wife. And uh, so. I've been instructed by a mentor friend of mine not to say that that was my last deployment, okay, uh, because you never know. And that's true. I do agree with that. I, that is true. You never know what uh, God has in store. I understand that. But as far as uh, where I'm at right now, that was my last deployment, okay? So anyways, I'll just leave it at that. So we'll get over here on YouTube. There's a couple of people starting to log in here on YouTube, it looks like. And Facebook is starting to get, uh, well, one. I know that's probably Sister Janet, but it's good to see everybody. And like I said, it, it's probably, oh, hey, Brother Jason's there. And my wife, of course. Very good. 
Uh, it's good to see everybody, like I said. But anyways, we've been nonstop busy, 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 busy cleaning, uh, getting things um, labeled, put in boxes. I've been a whole bunch of stuff. I went over to a friend's house um, Monday night, and we put in the, the fifth wheel hitch into the back of my truck. And uh, that was six hours that I don't want to ever want to do it repeat again. Um, <laughs> I have bruises and cuts and scrapes all over me uh, from that. So um, kudos to those that are out there that, uh, that do that for a living. Uh, so a lot of tight spaces, a lot of uh, hard work there. But we got that done. And uh, so thankful for that. Thankful for my friend Mike. So I don't know if he's watching. But um, anyways, so we got that done. Um, hmm. uh, my daughter, uh, I don't This was probably a little bit updated. For those that don't know, my daughter, about a week before I came home, um, injured her arm. She broke her arm. And, um, I've never wanted to be home as badly as when I got that FaceTime call, uh, with her in the ER, um, it broke my heart, but, uh, she's doing fine. And, uh, we just had an update, uh, going to the doctor, getting x-rays and, you know, children, uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made and especially children have a resiliency. And, um, she's already, um, uh, the doctor was impressed at how fast the bone was already growing and everything like that. So, uh, we're thankful for protection on that, that she didn't have to get surgery or anything, and everything's looking good so far. Well, with that, that's pretty much it, up to date. Um, whew, man, it's going to be a few weeks, and then the studio is going to have to come down. Um, so I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be. Uh, I'll be praying for some things. Uh, my uh, brother Dan, uh, a friend of mine here, uh, locally is talking about uh, setting up a uh, outdoor studio. Wouldn't be outdoor, but designing a, an outdoor space that's enclosed. Excuse me, that uh, we could do use as a studio uh, because uh, the fifth wheel will be a little bit tight. Um, I still plan on recording in there. The only problem I don't know is how well the internet will be able to um, uh, keep up with it uh, because here at the house, I I pay. For fiber optic, uh, it's it's a very quick, very fast uploads and download speeds. I don't have any problems whatsoever in this studio pushing out production. However, in a fifth wheel on base where we're going to be living, uh, not the greatest of, of, of internet, but we're going to work through that. And uh, we'll get that all figured out. So, But I don't know how good that's going to be. It's going to be a little bit of a growing pains. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a transition period. And like I said, I, I appreciate those that do tune in. Um, if you tune in on a Thursday night and I'm not here, there's a really good reason for it. Uh, but uh, please tell all your friends to tune in Thursday nights. I'll be back here um, on my normal schedule, Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that's 9 p.m. on the East Coast. And um, I'll be doing that every Thursday. I'm going to be trying to do some more produced videos. I'm going to try to finally finish up Proverbs. I've been talking about that. It just, every time I, I sit down to do it, something comes up. So hopefully now that I'm back in the studio, I can uh, knock, knock that out as well. Uh, the narration of the book of Proverbs. As you can see by the title, 
Hey, Brother Dave over there on Facebook. As you can see by the title, we're going to get started in 2 Corinthians. Oh, man, it's almost been seven months now uh, ago. We uh, we finished up with the book of 1 Corinthians, with 1 Corinthians 16, and I loved studying through that, and I, I like the, uh, the, the title there with Addicted to the Ministry, so... Um, but we got uh, done with that, and you know the whole uh, study that, that's there. That's uh, back in the archives there. You can go and check that out in the playlist anytime you want to, uh, but uh, go check out the First Corinthians. Oh, hey, I want to mention something. He's probably not going to be able to watch it live because he's in Romania, but I met a brother um, over there that uh, was of like mind and everything like that. He's uh, been relatively new, you know, within the past five years saved. And, um, it was, it was very good to meet brother Dave over there and you know who you are. So, uh, it was good to meet you over there in Romania. And, um, uh, sir, I, it was a absolute pleasure to, uh, study together. And, um, uh, I just, you know, it would have been great if we had had more time, but it was like, uh, we met, and right away we hit it off and we started studying together and everything. And I, I felt like uh, there was a lot of growth that took place uh, with the both of us, brother. So it was good seeing you there. And it was good having somebody of like mind. So, oh, okay. Brother Dave's saying you might be able to get more bandwidth with multiple cell phones. Yeah, I've been looking at a bunch of different options uh, internet-wise. Uh, up to and including Starlink. Um, Starlink, though... The upload speeds aren't that great, so I don't know, and it's pretty pricey. Uh, I've looked at a few other different options, and uh, uh, it all it all work itself out. We'll figure it out. So, and of course, I have one singular fly that's in the studio. I always love that. It's gonna buzz around my face all the time. Beautiful. All right. All right, let's get started. But anyways, like I said, we, we finished with 1 Corinthians. And remember how scathing parts of that letter was. Uh, you'll notice that the second letter to the Church of Corinth is a little bit different in tone, I would say. Uh, of course, the Apostle Paul, again, is writing a letter to a local church. So again, th these epistles to the local church are important for us. Okay, the, these... If we are the local body of believers, the church of the living God, now, in this age, we need to look at the letters that are written to people just exactly like us. Seriously. It was, even though it was almost 2,000 years ago, it doesn't matter. It's still the same Holy Spirit sealed, as we're going to look at tonight. Uh, and we have that same opportunity. We have the same struggles as we saw in 1 Corinthians, a lot of the different things, but it's where we get our doctrine is from these epistles, okay? So be very, very careful getting anything other than instruction in righteousness, reproof, correction, all these other kinds of things. The entire word of God is profitable, but be careful where you get your doctrine from, okay? Um, a lot of people want to get doctrine from certain books of the Bible, and then they're like, well... Okay, you have to work for your salvation because it says right here. Well, that's how a lot of different cults and different things get started, folks. Read the epistles for our doctrine. Well, that's all I'll say. But anyways, we're getting into 2 Corinthians tonight. 
it won't take, I guess, too long, but uh, we'll see how well it goes, how fast it goes. Um, I told the wife before I came on here, I don't know if it's because I got this trip tomorrow to go pick up the uh, the uh, fifth wheel. I don't know if it's because it's just my first time back. But I was like, hmm, this is kind of a little bit, you know, I, I'm feeling, I don't want to say nervous, but just anxious to get started. Uh, but once once everything, the music started playing and everything like that, you know, God is good. And um, I, I pray that we all get uh, stronger. I feel, I, I pray that we all get uh, growing in grace uh, and that we, by our faith, we're going to be able to stand a little bit better because we're going to get rooted and grounded in his word tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'll get the obligatory. I haven't seen him on here yet, but the Aaron Clark sip. Let's get started. All right. Paul, if you're with me here in your King James Bible, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Okay. Paul was, it it seemed like every single letter he's starting out with some sort of facet or uh, version of this opening that he was in fact called of God. Okay. By God's will, he was called an apostle born out of due time. He always was constantly, um, it seemed like the, the spirit, through the inspiration of the Spirit, was was defending the Apostle Paul. You have to imagine what it was like being back then, especially if you were of the Jewish background, the Judaizers especially, especially if you came from, say, like maybe Jerusalem and you were uh, you were even there at the church in Jerusalem and then, you know, listen to Peter and James and, and you were listening to these men and then you go and you hear Paul and you're like, ooh, wait, something's different. That's why Peter says later on in the letter, Paul says some things that are hard to be understood, but they are correct. Uh, they, they are inspired of God. You know, it, it, though we have trouble understanding it all, <laughs> this is of God. And so that's why Paul starts out this letter again, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself called Paul by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So it seems like Timothy maybe was with him at this time. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head whether or not it's attributed to Timothy writing this uh, letter as Paul dictated. Um, not cannot remember off the top of my head. But the point is, is that Timothy is mentioned here again, our brother unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. So again, the distinction between the macro sense, the large church of God, church of the living God, that is the worldwide church of the living God. But it speaks specifically to a local body of believers, once again, which is at Corinth. Paul will address the church of God that's at Thessalonica, so forth and so on. So you understand all that. With all the saints which are in all Achaia. So if you know anything about the region, um, say think modern-day Turkey. I was not that far away from where this is, relatively speaking. Um, some people in Romania actually do go down to Turkey for you know, or to the coast all the way down there. They'll go there for vacations even. Uh, my barber talked about how that she went down there with her adult children, and they would go down there and to, to Turkey. It's not that far away. You got, you know, Romania, Bulgaria, down into Turkey, Black Sea region, and so forth. So 
But that's a KI. That is that region of what we would known as Turkey now was known as Asia Minor. Um, it was known as that region of a KI. All right. Grace be to you. Verse number two. And peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Amen for that. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Remember, folks, we're not promised a life without tribulation. Not one time. Not one time is the, you know, hey, you're saved, you're born again. Uh, you're, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's all good from here. We will suffer persecution. We will have tribulation. This life in of itself, because of man's fallen condition, is going to be full, full, full of tribulation. But what can we have through all that, that tribulation? Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have comfort we have the comforter. See John 14 for that. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By If you understand this, uh, you've probably seen it so many times. I, I know I have heard examples and seen it in my own life of others around me that Christ is in them, he's, he's magnified, he's glorified in them, and they're laying in a hospital bed. They're gravely injured or they're I think of my grandma Deanna, uh, excuse me our grandma Whiteman I think of her who was a quadriplegic I think of her dealing with all sorts of different health things but always giving praise to God and so you see that people that are going through their own tribulation are able to even by letting the comforter shine out through them are able to comfort others that's what it says it talks about how in verse 4, he comforteth us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. The more we die to self and live in the spirit, the more we can comfort others. And by the way, I can't see a distinction here like it's saying only comfort those that are without or with Christ, that are in Christ. It seems like it says to be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Now, of course, those that are within the local body that maybe are, you know, are going through something or are able to see you and are comforted by that. But this, again, is ambassadorship of how we are to behave and to react to things. It's, it's probably the, one of the most difficult things because we struggle against the flesh. We're constantly battling this flesh. And even when we go through tribulation, that makes it even more difficult in of ourselves to, to, to handle that. That's why we're to die to the self and live in the spirit. And we can comfort others with that. It says for in verse 5, uh, <laughs> this Paul gives basically a rundown of everything he's been going through. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, and he was many times, it is for your consolation and salvation. This isn't talking about spiritual salvation, of course. This is able to say, like, mm, I'm experiencing some sort of relief to see that even Apostle Paul is going through all these things, 
but yet still magnifies the name of Christ. And that's able to comfort us. That's a, that's a great, amazing thing. And then it continues on, which is the effectual, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. The same thing, whether we're, we're being persecuted and tried and through tribulation or, or we're comforted. Give God the glory in all things. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. I think this really has to do with, it talks about how as the body of Christ, when we hear of others that are going through things, we do grieve with them, but we don't mourn as others mourn, as it says in Thessalonians, with the, like those without hope. The same spirit is within all of us. The one spirit, as we're going to look on further down, is within all of us, providing that consolation, providing that comfort, providing that for us. And so as we all grieve together, we can also all rejoice together and be consoled together as the body of Christ. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, Verse number eight, that we were pressed out of measure above strength in so much that we despaired even of life. Paul was not above whew, being in, you know, aware of what was going on. The man was beaten numerous times, stoned to death, shipwrecked numerous times. I mean, all these different things that you, you can just imagine how persecuted and just, and he says, even this, we're not going to have you ignorant of this fact. We're going to tell you of these things so that you can see that God is greater than even all of these things, even greater, you know, the mighty apostle Paul still struggled with the flesh. He still suffered things, but yet give gave Christ the glory, gave Christ the honor, and said, I'm saying these things so you can understand that as we go through them, we can be consoled by the one spirit that's within us all. Great stuff. But he's pressed out of measure. I mean, that you can imagine like a wine press and just, just everything squeezed out of him. Above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life, but it keeps going. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. They understood for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. And I want you to underline something if you do that in your Bible. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. It's truly a liberating thing. Um i give you an example. People talk about this about being in combat type situations. You don't, if you just resign your fact to the fact that things that are going to happen where they're, if they're meant to happen, they're meant to happen. And you have almost this sentence in yourself of saying, I could possibly die. I'm good with that. As a Christian, as a somebody that's a new creature in Christ Jesus, the more you live in the spirit, the more you understand who, what this flesh is and that it's going to dissolve one day and praise God for that because he will give us a new glorified body. 
we can have that sentence of death in ourselves. We, as Christ said, will never die. We never will. This flesh may, and that's why in yourself you can die to self daily. And that's not just saying, well, I'm, you know, I'm wishing for death. I have a death wish over here. All it's saying is, is that I'm understanding that for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's also Christ. And that is the understanding. So, you know, underlining your Bible, if you would, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. It's an amazing thought to think about. But as we go through our lives as, as, as believers every single day, do we have the sentence of death in ourselves, knowing that this flesh is not who we actually are? And who we actually are is in Christ Jesus. Our identity is found in him. That's why it says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. See this flesh. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead. So no matter what they're going through, shipwreck, Paul said, hey, get you something to eat, boys. It's going to be a long night. (laughs) And they're looking at him, but he had just been visited by the angel of the Lord. Fascinating and convicting at the same time. It says here in verse number 10, who delivered us from so great a death. What does that mean? That means eternal death. That means this second death. That means the separation from Christ in the lake of fire for all of eternity is avoidable by what he did for us. See, he delivered us already from this death. We can either choose that and believe that and repent of the idea and our sin and all these different kinds of things, thinking we have any sort of goodness within ourselves and finally say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I know who my identity is. I am not good enough at all, but you are. That's the deliverance from that great a death. And it says, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. This is a loaded verse because it talked about he already delivered us from the sentence of death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, the gift of God, look at that four-part series I have on my channel, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the key to it all. Look how loaded that verse is. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. So continually in our day-to-day life, not only does he deliver us from that great a death, but every single day continues to deliver because of who is in us, Christ in you, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. That's the last portion where it says, oh, wretched man that I am, we're ready to be removed from this old flesh where he makes all things new. He gives us a new body at the blessed hope, the catching up of his church, his body. Look at this. Once again, we'll read again because it's so great because it talks about past, present, and future. It's a, it's a timeline of who you are before Christ and at the moment of salvation, what happens with him, 
that's in the past, but it continues to be in the present and into the future. All your past is gone. Your present is delivered from as well. You have the ability with the, the spirit of God that's in you to even do righteousness now because of his righteousness that's in you. And he's going to deliver you from death. He will yet deliver us, verse 10. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. It, it seems like there was not only prayers being offered, but delivering to the necessity of the saints. There was some sort of physical comfort that was given. I, I, I don't know what that was. You know, maybe Paul basically was basically wearing the same outfit every day for about six months and it was just falling off of him and somebody sent him some new pair of clothes or something. I don't know. The point is, is that he is giving thanks even for that, for the prayer and for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons. So many people were doing this, delivering to the necessity of the saints. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation, our walk in the world, and more abundantly to you word. For we write none other things unto you than what ye read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end. As also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence, I was minded to come unto you before that ye might have a second benefit. You know, we, we had come through before, and now he's desiring. I was, hey, I was thinking I want to come through and see you all again. And to pass, and to pass by you into Macedonia, and to come again out of Macedonia unto you, and of you to be brought on my way toward Judea. This is Paul's traveling back to Judea here in this instance. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? He's asking a question. But, God, but as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. That means basically anything that we brought. I, I'm, I, I'm reminded of um, a conversation I just had just recently where, you know, this, this guy's ministry was to go around and talk about a certain subject. And I mentioned to the person that I was having this conversation with, I was like, hmm, I wonder what the Apostle Paul would say about this. Because he desired to know nothing else among you except for what? Christ crucified. Paul could have expounded probably on the most philosophical, like he was a very learned, learned individual. But he didn't come with those things. Every single thing that we do should revolve around Jesus Christ. The conversations we have. If we're going to stand up and, hey, this is this is my ministry. I want to give you some word. You better be giving nothing but Christ crucified. Well, what about this subject? What about this topic? What about this um, 
latest and greatest uh, current event? Should we talk about those things? Sure. Absolutely. Go right ahead. However, it should be coming back around to Christ crucified. That's what it should all be about. And so desired not no, so Paul is saying here, listen, all these different kinds of things with God, everything is true. God is true. His yea is yea, and his no is no. His nay is nay, okay? For the promises, for all the promises of God in him are yea. That means they're true. That <laughs> There's nothing going back on it. Every You know, let God be true and every man a liar. And in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now, which he, est- he established you, us with you, in Christ and hath anointed us is God. And I I wanted to really concentrate on verse number 22. And of course, that's the title that we have uh, for uh, tonight's broadcast of sealed. It says in verse number 22, who hath sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. So I, I just want to go through, I know I've talked about the earnest payment. I've given the example that you put an earnest payment down on a house. I, I've given that example several times. But think about the earnest, which is the Holy Spirit. First, turn over to Romans chapter 8 and verse number 19. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 19. Very hot in here. But anyways, Romans 8 and verse number 19. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Now, he's like, what what does that have to do with anything? Very clearly in verse number 16, if you go back, when it says, the spirit itself beareth, beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffered with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This sealing of the Holy Spirit upon the day, what it talks about until the day of redemption, as we're going to read here in a moment. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the redemption of what? When this gets made into a new body, this flesh dissolves. Those that were dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive remain shall be caught up and changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That's the earnest expectation of us. What it means is that my expectation is not solely based upon his word, which it is, obviously. But the expectation is through the earnest that is in me. I know that that is the down payment that it will happen, that this body of flesh will be dissolved. His word says it. His spirit in me confirms that he said it by his inspiration of his word. And you see how it all comes together. So I want that to be very clear. It all revolves around the earnest expectation, the earnest of the Holy Spirit. We'll see this very uh, other times. We'll we'll come across this again in Second Corinthians chapter five and verse number five, where the Bible says here, "Now he that wrought us the self same thing is God, who hath given us un, who hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit." 
He has given you the gift of God, the spirit, the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus, his spirit. It's amazing that now he that wrought us for the selfsame thing is God who hath given unto us the earnest of the spirit. Another verse with Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 14, and we'll, uh, we'll go back and read Ephesians 1.13 here in a moment, but just think about Ephesians 1 and verse number 14. It talks about the Holy Spirit in verse 13, and it says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. The redemption of the purchased possession. You've already been purchased. You've been given the sealing of the Holy Spirit as the earnest payment. So that is the inheritance. Some people want to talk about some other types of inheritance, you know, like cattle on a thousand hills and a bunch of other different kinds of things. Folks, I think we've talked about that quite a bit, especially in the Millennial Reign series. You've been promised a new glorified body. That's the earnest expectation of you. That's the inheritance as the body of Christ. You will rule and reign with Christ for all of eternity, meaning he rules and reigns and you give glory, honor, and everything to him for the rest of eternity. That is your inheritance. That is your reward. I'm going to talk about that on Sunday morning. The rewards that are given to different individuals, as I talked about in that uh, what's on my mind, the resurrections, the three resurrections. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. That's our inheritance. It's, it's going to happen. He's sealed it. And then uh, finally here, let's look at another earnest payment of the Holy Spirit in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 19. It says, For I know that this uh, shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified where? In my body, whether it be by life or by death. Christ will be magnified, even in, Paul said, even in my life here, but when I die, to me, as it says in the very next verse, for for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Glorify God now in this mortal body because that's your inheritance, what you're going to be doing for all of eternity. Do we do that all the time? No, because we surrender to our dead man flesh that happens. We surrender to that. But he has given us his spirit of not only comfort, but also conviction, all these different things in order to give us the ability to glorify him in this life the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at sealed. Go back uh, real quick to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. So much is found in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 22, who has sealed us. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the sealing here. First Corinth, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. And, and again, we read 14, but let's read verse number 13. In whom... Uh, speaking of Christ in verse 12, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
promise of what? And we've, we've, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So go back to verse 13. It's so clearly written there. Now let's look in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30. Where the Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. And I've said it hundreds of times, but when somebody asks uh, or somebody claims to say that you can lose your salvation, ask them what the day of redemption is and when is it. You know, just ask them when it is. When does that take place? Because you're not sealed by your good works. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's very clear. So when does he unseal you? When you're no longer needing sealing is when he redeems your fleshly body for an incorruptible body where you'll be sinless, a new glorified body. As man was created in the beginning to be, he will create you back into that likeness that he created us in in the beginning, a perfect body, soul, and spirit. Let us make man in our image with the first Adam, you will then, because of the second Adam, that's, you know, by one man centered into the world and by sin, death, so by one man, we have life. And that's what it's talking about. Through the man, Christ Jesus. Christ manifest, God manifested in flesh. God in flesh came, died for you. And with that, with that promise, he also gave you his spirit sealing you until he's going to redeem that purchased possession. <clears throat> I think this is an interesting, and I'm going <coughs> to, excuse me, one second. I think this is an interesting, uh, there's a difference and that I want to kind of point out really quickly for you here. Look at, look at a, uh, a difference of sealing, Okay. Let's turn over to Revelation, and I have not done a study of the book of Revelation, so to speak, you know, gone through the entire book. Um, I've done the, the Millennial Reign series and uh, things such as that, but I haven't gone through all of the book of Revelation on this channel anyways. But look at, let's look at an interesting difference. Let's look at Rome, uh, excuse me, Revelation chapter 7, and let's look at uh, verse number 3. Okay. It says here, uh, there's a lot of things happening uh, prophecy-wise. Anyways, the point is in verse number three, it says, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, this is interesting because now it's going to tell you who are getting sealed. Not everybody. There's only certain individuals that are sealed, as it says in verse three, as the servants of God in their foreheads. Look at the difference. We are all sealed now into the day of redemption. But in this time of Jacob's trouble, in this time of great tribulation, in this time of Daniel's 70th week, there's only certain people that get sealed. And it says, if you keep reading down further, the ones that are sealed are 144,000 Jewish boys, virgin boys, by boys, I mean, you know, young men. 
because if you look at it, it's 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. That's 144,000. Those are the only ones that are sealed. Be thankful that you have the opportunity. If you are in Christ, that you're sealed now. Okay. There's not, it doesn't matter if you're of the tribe of Benjamin or Gentile. Doesn't matter. In Christ, there is no Jew or Greek. No, none. But in this time, there absolutely is a distinction. And I just wanted to point out the difference. That's a very interesting, very clear market difference that there's only 144,000 people that are sealed. And it's very specific that there's 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Anyways, let's look at some seven seals here. And I kind of wanted to show a couple, few more interesting things. And then we'll wrap up uh, 1 Corinthians 1. We're in Revelation, so turn over to Revelation chapter 5. And let's look at another seal. This is fascinating. It says, And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Now, what are these seven seals? You know, what, what could this possibly be? Well... Let's see who else does some sealing. You know, I, we've talked about the Holy Spirit seals. So wh- what does that mean, seven? Well, the seven spirits of God. You see that in Revelation chapter one. Well, I thought there's only one Holy Spirit. Yes, there's only one Holy Spirit. Just think about this, though. Look at what it says in, in Revelation chapter one and verse. No, I don't want to confuse anybody, but Revelation chapter one and verse number four. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. It's capitalized. Just saying. Look at Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 1. Revelation 3 and verse number 1. It says here, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars, I know thy works, and thou hast the name that thou livest and art dead. Hmm. Fascinating. And then Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 6. Of course, we were just in Revelation 5, or excuse me, 7, but now we're in Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven Look at it again. Spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. I don't know how to explain it. Okay? Don't ask me to. Because <laughs> I certainly won't be able to. But uh, knowing that uh, they are actually seven spirits of God. One Holy Spirit, but the seven spirits of God is mentioned in the Bible. Where do we find this? Look at Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number one. Just something interesting. I didn't want to dive into all this stuff. I just, when we're talking about the sealing of the Holy Spirit, talking about the, and then I was like, hmm, let's look at some other sealing I was, I was studying through. And then I see that the 144,000 are sealed. Where am I going? Isaiah chapter 11, sorry. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number one. And on down to verse number two. And the Bible says there, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and then a branch shall grow out of his roots. Okay, who is this? It's obviously Jesus. 
and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Whoop. Seven. <laughs> Seven spirits of God. There they are right there. And shall make him of a quick understanding and the fear of the Lord shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. This is all about Jesus, by the way. Uh, the same spirit that's within you, the Holy Spirit of God, the same one that was in us, or the same one that's in him is now in us. If you don't believe me, I go back to it numerous times. But in the garden, Jesus Christ prays in the spirit, Abba, Father. The same spirit, by the way, in Romans and I believe in Galatians, where it says, then wherein we cry, Abba, Father. How dare we even have the audacity to think that we can approach a holy, righteous God? We can't. He can. And because he's in us, he's given us access in where we cry now, Abba, Father. That blows my mind, and you should be rejoicing for that. That's what we're going to do for all of eternity. So think about that now. The sealing of the Holy Spirit what exactly that means for us as believers. It's an amazing thing. And Paul really brings it out. He says not only does he give us comfort and deliver us, he did deliver us, he's still delivering us, and he will deliver us from this wretched body one day. It's all done through him. Fascinating. Amazing. Praise God for it. All right, verse number 23. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. So Paul said, I wanted to come, but I didn't. Uh, to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. So Paul said, look, even though I haven't come through there, it's not... <laughs> It's not because we're coming to want to come through there so we can just rule over you and have dominion over you, as it says here, or even have dominion over your faith, because you know we're just helpers of your joy. As he started out this letter by saying that they did anyways, by the persecution they went through, through the things that they were comforted through, that's what they were providing for them, that their joy may be full. For by faith ye stand. For by grace are you saved through faith. We are by faith standing, knowing that he has not only delivered us, he's still delivering us, and will deliver us from this body to come. That's going to happen. Just great. And so that's 1 Corinthians chapter, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, talking about sealing. And as I mentioned, as I see here, Brother Dave said, uh, uh, Hurts to look at the ceiling. <laughs> Speaking of C E I L I N G, not the ceiling, S E A L I N G. The constant jokester, Brother Dave, I missed you. All right. Let's come over here real quick. And I'm not going to do much. I don't think there's much comments over here. Let's just get over here. Plus, I wanted to test out the, make sure the video is working on the side view. All right. <laughs> rejoicing in my blown mind while well, I'm <laughs> I'm rejoicing well right along with you just it's unfathomable to think about what happened because of what Christ did on the cross what that meant for our salvation that delivered us from this great death that could come 
It delivered us completely from it. And that our past, present, and future have all been sealed, S-E-A-L-E-D, by him. Just, just, Just amazing. Amen and amen. All right. Well, there's not very many comments over on YouTube at all, but I did see that a lot of people did, uh, the ones that did join, the ones that did join uh, left a comment, which I appreciate. Please uh, share, uh, like, make comments. Um, even after the video gets posted as just a, you know, after the live feed, it'll, it'll be posted and everything. Please go back and, you know, if something comes up or you want to ask a question, please leave a comment. I'm always willing to answer anything that I possibly can. Also, remember the uh, the email address at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And I think that's it. Well, it went well. Praise the Lord for that. I didn't... Uh, I, the only thing I guess I, I would say that I would change, and my wife even said she was so so sweet about it. She said, I forgot that we have a, a programmable um, thermostat, and since I've been gone, um, they didn't need to be as cold in here on a Thursday nights that I need. You know, I got the lights going and everything like that, so she was apologetic, but it's okay. But uh, we got the AC pumping a little bit later than normally would happen, but... Other than that, I think it went well. I pray and I, I hope. If you're watching this later on, uh, produced, I pray that you watched it all the way through because it's so great to see how Paul starts out this letter to the Corinthians and how he talks about all these things that they're struggling through and, and even up to the measure, like they're pressed down and like, oh, man, even just. But then he gives the glory glory to God about the sealing that has happened. So even in all that tribulation, they considered themselves dead men already. So I'd encourage you to die to self. Does that mean we're some sort of like constantly ripping on ourselves or like, no, by no means. But to think about your identity in Christ and who you are now, if he, I pray that that's happened in your life. If you have not been saved, if you have not been made a new creature where he has delivered you from this great death that is to come, I pray that you get that settled now. Write to me. Message me. Read, read through the word that there is none righteous, no, not one. But he commended, he showed his love towards you. And while you were yet that sinner, while you were yet sinner, Christ died for you. Knew exactly what would take to remove the stain of sin on you. And that was through his blood, his perfect blood. His sacrifice that he did was the only way that you could be delivered. And the only way that you can be delivered on a daily basis. From your life, you're going through, oh, this will all come to an end. I'm going through all sorts of tribulation, and others can be around you comforting you and saying, look, this will all come to an end one day. 
He's going to deliver us from this body, and that'll help deliver you now. That's the salvation of, oh, man, that I'm, I'm, I know that I'm saved. I know that he is in me, and he's comforting me with these things. And even though I'm going through the roughest times, I can still comfort others even, knowing who he has made me now and will make me in the future when we talked about that deliverance in the future. So I pray that you've grown in grace tonight. I pray that that has helped you as it has helped me. And I pray that you join me if uh, possibility, if God willing, next Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and let this mind be in you. So Brother Mike D'Angelo here with you once again. I appreciate you stopping in if you watch live or if you watch this video later on. Please tell all your friends. Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Good night for now.